Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. That's the third chapter. I had um, this afternoon just kind of checking my heart what I ought to minister on and, and speak on tonight. The Lord, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, in service, um, put a couple things in my heart and actually a, uh, a few things. I'm just going to touch on a few things tonight. Um, uh, and he reminded me of that and felt uh, seemed good that we that we talk about a couple things. And, um, you know, Pastor started a new series. Uh, I didn't realize it was a new series last time. I, I, I didn't realize you started a new one last time, but uh, uh, he's on a new series now. He's been talking about... Uh, the coming restoration before that, and uh, now he's talking, started talking about authority. I tell you, if you weren't here this morning, you need to get a copy of that or, or listen to it, not get a copy, listen to it online. It'll be a blessing to you. Uh, there's a couple things that uh, the Lord put on my heart, like I said, a couple weeks ago uh, as he was nearing the end of the, the previous series, and I'm just going to touch on a couple things. I, I, I probably won't spend a lot of time on it just because I don't want to get into anything that he's going to be talking about uh, in this next area. Uh, it's funny how, how God works sometimes, um, puts things on our heart, and they, it all works together. It's funny, isn't it, that he knows what he's doing, right? And, uh, but in Acts chapter 3, the scripture that Pastor had, uh, had been reading, uh, verse 19, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You know, uh, he talked about this before. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You know, the Lord wants us to stay refreshed. Amen. You know, it's so important that we make sure that, that that's something that we focus on and we keep in front of us, especially in the day and the hour in, we, in which we live. Make sure that we're staying refreshed. And it doesn't happen by, you know, getting a spa necessarily. It happens by staying in the presence of the Lord. You know, uh, everything else fails to, to achieve what God can achieve when we just spend time in his presence. Amen. Times of refreshing. It says, uh, be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he, that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And uh, talking about the scripture, the times of restoration, something the pastor said, um, uh, he said, there's coming a time of restoration of these things. He said, God didn't withdraw them. Or, he said, or rather, he said, did God withdraw them or did we, the church, withdraw from them? And of course, we know the obvious answer is that, that if you know God, if you know the word, and if you know him, he doesn't change. What he said today, he still means tomorrow. What he said yesterday is still relevant today. And you can count on it tomorrow. His opinions don't change. His, his viewpoints don't change. His agenda doesn't change. His purpose doesn't change. You know, we, we live in a world where, where change is happening all the time. But this is an area where we know that change does not happen. It's, it's in the will of God. It's what his plan is, what his purpose is, uh, what his agenda is. And he didn't take these things away from us. The church has slowly uh, moved away from them. And, you know, if the church has moved away from them, then we as the church can move back towards them. You know, if it's ours, it's ours whether we're moving towards them. It's ours if we're moving towards them. It's ours if we're moving away from them. It still belongs to the church. And um, I believe there is a restoration of these things. And, and if you didn't hear the, the things that Pastor had talked about, talked about the character of Christ, talked about the... 
the power of Christ and the authority of Christ, the three that he talked about. And um, I guess the, the, the gist of this tonight on a, on a short note, like I said, this probably won't take, line, take very long, but you know how we hear things determines what we do with them. That's, that's a big revelation, isn't it? The, the way you hear something determines, will really dictate to you what it means to you and then what you do with it, how you hear something and the way you hear it. You know, it's kind of like um, uh, there are, I'm sure you know people that, that, you know, everything they hear they take personally as though someone is uh, trying to aggravate them and then other people never take anything personally. I like to pick on people. I don't know if you, you all know that. And I like to give people a good hard time, you know, a good godly ribbing. Kendra's like, oh, yes, he does. She's got to put, put up with me all week. But doesn't it just frustrate when you just try to just give somebody a hard time and they just refuse to hear anything you're saying personally? I, mean, I do this to Joby. That's right. She, she needled Joby. I like to give Joby jet. I, I'm always thinking of ways to harass Joby. But Joby just, just robs the fun of it because he just refuses to take it and even acknowledge that it's happening. He just refuses to do it. So I keep having to up the ante every time. And, and, and Joby just, he, there's a grace on his life. It's so frustrating. But, uh, you know, how, how you take things really affects, uh, uh, affects everything. You know, if you know you, the joy of the Lord belongs to you and nobody has the ability to take your joy and nobody has the ability to take your peace it belongs to you. It's not somebody else's. It's a gift from God for you. And whether or not you have joy or peace is entirely up to you. It's really, it's not up to what other people do. It's not up to what circumstances are. We know that joy is ours and whether we're experiencing it, living in it, walking in it is entirely up to us. Well, uh, in this area, so it's important, you know, how we hear things and how we approach things. And really, the subjects that pastor's been talking about, the things that he's talking about now, um, it's important that we're hearing them in, in a way uh, that will cause us to move forward. Um, I'll, just, well, I'll just tell you what the, Lord, what the Lord asked me a couple weeks ago in service, and, and, and he was asking me in, in, in light of some, some different things in, in, in terms of what pastor's been talking about, and I believe it's for us. He said, um, he said is this a message or is this a mandate? That was the question that he asked me. Is this a message or is it a mandate? You know, we can hear things that, that the Lord uh, uh, brings up. You know, I'm, I'm glad to be part of a church that, that uh, endeavors to follow the leading of the Spirit when it comes to the things we talk about and not just pick things out of a hat to talk about things, you know. Uh, that, that's a good place to be. So we're staying where we need to be and hearing what, what, endeavoring to hear what the Lord has for us. But it's easy uh, if we're not careful to hear a, hear a message or a series of messages and really enjoy the message, but then, and then enjoy the message, but it's just a message, it's just something that you heard. And then we move on to the next message. We move on to the next thing, the, the next, the next thing that's being highlighted in the church. Well, this, I don't know if you can tell this or not, but these things really are a commission for our church. Uh, can, can any of you sense that, that this is a commission for our church? It's not just, uh, just a message, but it is a commission. Go over to Acts 26. This is our, our vision, the vision of our church, you know, the thing that uh, uh, the Lord specifically has, has given to us as a church uh, to do. Acts chapter 26, uh, Paul was, was, was giving this account. Um, and of course, the Lord Jesus, this is what the Lord Jesus had said to, to, to the Apostle Paul 
He said, but rise, verse 16, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive an inheritance or, or may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. So we know the purpose in our vision that the Lord has given us, that it is to uh, open people's eyes. Jew, Gentile, that means people who, ha who, who know God, people who don't know God, uh, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. We're living in a day where there's a lot of darkness, but thank God there's a lot of light as well. And we, we, we're here to think about that. We've been called to open men's eyes from darkness to light. They're seeing darkness, but we've been called to open their eyes from darkness to light. Where they saw darkness, we've been called to have them see light. That's pretty incredible. You know, you, you realize that, that God is, does not work independent of you and I. You realize he doesn't work independent of us. The Bible says that we are co-laborers with him, meaning a co-laborer goes hand-to-hand -hand and walks alongside and works alongside with someone. And so we're co-laborers with him. Really, for, for the will of God to be accomplished in the earth for today, for our lifetime, whether Jesus comes back while, during our lifetimes or not, whether this is going to be accomplished or not in our, in our church, in our community, in our, uh, in our area, the scope to which that the, the Lord is calling us to reach. And I'll just say this, you know, our reach is bigger than just what we see in the natural. Our reach and our ability to reach is bigger than what we even realize. And, and we've had a, 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 a revival and a moving of prayer for eight years now in the church. And, and we really, I, I think we'll be shocked when we get to heaven to see not only what we've started here, but things that we've helped uh, start and perpetuate around the world that God is doing. And, um, you know, our, our, never think just because this is High Springs that a small town Four or five thousand people that our limit, our, our reach is limited to a small area and a smaller scope. You know, if we were to reach the whole cities of High Springs, Alachua, and, and the Gainesville area right where we are, I mean, in the grand scope of population of the earth, it's not a lot. It's a very small percentage. But think, to reach four, five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand people, ten thousand people, twenty, thirty thousand people. I mean, uh, we can do a lot here. Amen. I said we can do a lot here. But God's using us to do more things than just here. But we are opening people's eyes from darkness to light. The vision is being accomplished. Amen. I said the vision is being accomplished. And, and we will continue to accomplish the vision. But it, it doesn't happen just because God ordains it. It doesn't happen just because God says this is the case. We've got to get involved in it. I said, we've got to get involved in it. We've got to get behind it. We've got to, to begin to move along with what he's doing and where he's going. You know, uh, uh, living a consecrated life is a big deal, meaning just every area of your life. Lord, not my will, but your will be done in every area of your life. Amen. It's a huge, huge thing. And as a church, to stay consecrated to what God is doing, as a church for us to do that, we have to have members who do that. And we, we're doing a good job of that, but we can get more people on board. But, you know, really tonight, this is family. This is uh, uh, more of the core group comes together on Sunday nights 
Do you realize that the stance you take for things affects the stance that others take in our church? Do you realize that? The, the stance that our pastors have taken affects the stance that I take. It affects the stance that all of us take. But then what we do with that as well affects what others do, right? And so it's one member, it's another member, each one coming alongside and picking up their portion of the weight and what God's asked them to do. You know, each person is gifted and, and is equipped for various things, various aspects of this to come alongside and be the help and the momentum that we need to accomplish this. And so as more people begin to do this, well, how, how does that spread? Is it spread just because the, from the pastoral staff teaching a better message? Really, well, how it spreads is by the people getting a hold of it. That's really how it spreads is by the people getting a hold of it. And we've seen over the last several years that people are starting to get a hold of some things. And we've always had a great church, but people are getting a hold of some things. And it's causing others to say, hey, there's something else here. There's something else to be had. And so the scripture is to open people's eyes from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. Does Satan have power? Well, obviously he does because it says to turn people from the power of Satan. He has some sort of power. Most of his power is the power of suggestion and the power that we give him. How many know the power of suggestion is a very real power, though? I mean, if you can convince somebody of something, you can pretty much do anything. If you can convince them, if you can deceive them, or if you can control how they think, you can pretty much do anything with somebody. Isn't that true? And so it, let's, not, let's not discredit. I said last week, we're not to be afraid of the enemy. We're not to be afraid of him. Obviously, he's defeated, but, but, but the power of suggestion is a very real power. Now, it, doesn't, it pales in comparison to God's power. You do realize that, right? It pales in comparison to the power of God. But we're to turn men's eyes from the power of Satan to the power of God. You know, uh, we need to uh, be confident in the power of God. Amen? And start putting that on display. And it's our time and it's our responsibility to take this, this, this directive that the Lord's giving us and move forward. It goes on to say that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. But it started, you had the purpose here. You had the, the plan that the, the, the instructions that the Lord had given Paul. But notice, he first said, but rise and stand on your feet. He said, first of all, rise up, stand up, stand upon your feet. People, he, Paul had to personally get involved in what was going on. And um, I just would encourage you, you know, I know many of us are involved in what's going on. Let's get more involved in what's going on. Let's get more uh, hungry to see these things accomplished and looking to see what's your place, what's my place, what's our place, what's our part in this. Amen. Uh, like I said, the Lord asked me, are, are these things a message or, or are they a mandate? I believe it's a mandate. It's, it's a call. It's a specific call that the Lord has for this church. And if he has it for this church, he has it for each member of this church, each person that God has put here, he has called. Pastor this morning, and like I said, I don't want to get into any of the areas. I'm not sure where all he's going to go with this. I don't want to get into any things that he's going to be talking about. Uh, but this morning he was talking about the fact that, uh, I forget exactly how you said it, but about, about each person. Each person has a part to play. Each person, uh, uh, God wants to use each person. Go over with me to um, Mark, the, um, uh, Mark, the 16th chapter. This is a verse that I love. Uh, uh, these verses are something that, that uh, like I said, I'm not going to get into a lot of things because pastor's ministering on it. But, but these are things that are very real to me, things that are uh, something that the Lord uh, has been uh, continually dealing with me about. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not tooting my, tooting my own horn. I'm just trusting God to teach me what I need to know. 
And, uh, but it says here in the scripture in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized and he uh, will be saved and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Amen. Everybody say that. These signs will follow those who believe. This was something that the Lord Jesus said. This wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, a question. It wasn't a, well, it's possible. It was a statement of fact. These signs will follow those who believe. Remember, pastors, pastors have been talking about a restoration of the character of Christ, the power of Christ. Now he's he, the authority of Christ. He's going into more detail about our authority. Well, these are things that will follow, will follow those who believe. Amen. And, and, you know, I can, we, can, we can all look at our own lives and look at this. Really, what we believe does follow us. What we really believe follows us. What's following you is a result and a byproduct of what you really believe. It is. It is. It's a byproduct of what you really believe. Because what you believe, you expect. What you believe, you act on, right? If, it, if, it's, if it's something that you believe, you act on those things. Right. And so, you know, uh, uh, the things that have been ministered of late, they're not just a message. It is a mandate for our church. So let me just say this going forward in, in, if you need to go back and listen to what pastors talked about, go back and listen to it. And I'd encourage you to do it anyway. It'd be good for you. But as he, as he talks, as he ministers and whoever gets up to preach and to minister, hear it from the standpoint it's not a message but this is a part of God's it, it's it's further revelation further light further understanding of our vision in Acts 26 16 it, it's a greater understanding of what of what what all's involved you know we've been praying these things out and praying about the move of God and revival and and end times and all of this stuff it makes sense that the Lord will point things out that apply to us specifically and how we're to go about accomplishing the vision that he's given us and when I say us I mean every one of us every one of us I mean you I mean me I mean the person sitting to your left the person sitting to your right every single individual amen you know, I, I, I've been around church long enough. It's easy to come in and hear something and go out and, and it not really, it was a message and not something that was to be some, it, easy to not take it as a part of your call and your mission in life, right? And so it's not just a message, it's a mandate. It's for each of us. Go over to, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, of course, we know that scripture we just read said these signs will follow those who believe. They will do these things. They will... Uh, they will uh, cast out devils. They'll do all of this stuff. And, and you know, uh, it's God's will for you to do that. Amen. That was a little weak. I said, it's God's will for you to do that. And uh, this scripture here in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now this is talking about spiritual gifts. But, you know, the, we will accomplish, be able to accomplish what God's called us to do by Spiritual gifts will be in manifestation for us to accomplish these things. Have you realized the job, the job that we've been called to do is not a natural job. It's a supernatural job, right? And, and if we could have done it in of our own devices and, and strategies, we would have done it a long time ago. But that's not how it works. We, we, God needs us to do it. He needs us. He can't do it without us, but we can't do it without him. We just can't do it without him, without his help, without his assistance. It's not possible. 
I mean, well, they said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, right? I mean, the church has done it over and over and over again. It doesn't work apart, it doesn't work apart from uh, 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 the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives in our church, amen? And here in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, verse 1, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. How many of you are glad to know that we don't have to be ignorant? You don't have to be ignorant. And this isn't something that is just for ministers. People, if you're born again, God doesn't want you ignorant, which means you don't have to be. And ignorant, just don't, don't, don't. It just means uninformed, right? We don't want you to not know what's going on, right? So we don't want you to, to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away with dumb uh, idols, however that you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God, God, uh, God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Now notice verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Each one for the profit of all. This is talking about spiritual gifts, but you know we're not going to be able to accomplish what God's called us to do without each of us becoming educated in and comfortable moving with the gifts of the Spirit. You realize that. And as a believer, you can expect to be used in these areas. It says, uh, for to one uh, is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working in miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Now, I've always kind of read this and and seen that it kind of looked at it this way. It's to this one is this, and then to another is this one, and to another is this one, and to another is this one. But is it possible that it could be and to another, 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 and to another? I mean, everybody's getting involved. Every person is getting involved. It's not just doing to another and then something different to another person. It's, it's to one and then another one and then another one and then another person and then another individual and then another individual. Why? Because they're given to each one for the profit of all, right? And so we know that this is, this is something that is given to us. And let me just say this. Uh, these are gifts. These are gifts. Our gifts Notice it didn't say they're payments, they're gifts. It's not something you earn, it's a gift. You know, the enemy is a liar. He's just a straight up stupid liar, right? And uh, he always wants to make things about you. They're not about you. They're about the person who gives gifts. And gifts are not earned, they're simply received, right? Right? And they're gifts given to each one. So I just want you to know that they don't have to be earned. They're gifts. And they're given to everybody. And this has already been done. They've been given. They've been given. These things have been given. Go over to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Uh, Ephesians chapter four. Talking about spiritual gifts here again. Ephesians 4, 7 says, But each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts, plural, to men. They've been given. They've been given. You know, it's, it's cool to know 
And it's important that we understand that the gifts that are necessary for us to accomplish what God has called us to do have already been given to us. They've already been given to us. You know, I'm looking around tonight and I see people that are already gifted to accomplish the work that God has called us to accomplish. They're already gifted. You're already gifted, right? Each one of you, to one and then to another, and then to another, and then to another, and then to another, and to another, you've already been gifted. Amen. Uh, when something belongs to you, it's, it's, it's up to you to use it. Right? I mean, when you get something, what you do with it is up to you, isn't it? Whether you keep it in the box or whether you unwrap it and use it, whether you put it in a drawer, or whether you, you know, leave it out on the kitchen table, whatever you, whatever you do with it, when it's a gift, if something's given to you, the person who gave it to you no longer uh, uh, has the, the right to come in and make you do something with it. It's, it's your gift. It's been given to you. Now, there's a purpose behind it, and it's important that we get behind his purpose, but it's your gift to use. Amen. Gifts have been given to us. And so it's important that we uh, uh, make sure that we're aware of this. And as pastor goes on and teach and, and ministers on these things, and various ones get up and talk about it, these are things that, that belong to us now. They're things that belong to us now, and they belong to us for now. They belong to us now, and they belong to us for now. Right? They're not for later. They're here now for now. Now, I know one thing, you know, that, that, that the enemy does, well, you don't know everything about something. Well, that's true. We will never know everything we, that we need to know, right? We'll never know everything. Pastor read this morning about the 70 that were sent out. Do you realize you know way more than the 70 that were sent out? If we're, if we're comparing who knows what, you know way more than they knew. But notice everywhere they went, People, you know, demons were subject to them in his name. Healing happened. I mean, they, they laid hands on the sick and they recovered. And so it wasn't a matter of what they knew. It's what did they accept and then what did they act on, right? Just take it, keep it simple. When the Lord uh, begins to talk about these things, you realize that he is present to perform his word as soon as we hear it. He's present to perform it as soon as we hear it. Pastor's talking about a restoration thing of these things. Do you think that's about, I know the title was the coming restoration, but the coming restoration has come, <laughs> right? I mean, it's here. And so the Lord wants to back those things up, but he has to have our participation in order to do it, amen? And so it's just important to, to make sure that we not keep the things that are being said, the things that are, that are gonna be said shortly, that uh, 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 something that's just a message, but it is our mandate and is our purpose. Go over with me to um, Luke chapter four. I just wanna read a couple of scriptures and this will be it. Luke, the fourth chapter. Is this all right tonight? Amen, praise God, it better be. <laughs> Luke chapter four. We're gonna look in the 14th verse. We've all, we know we've been given gifts and, and we know these things that have been done. They've been, been handed out to each of us. I tell you, it would do some of us a, a, a world of good to start seeing ourselves as gifted. Hmm. Seeing ourselves the way God sees us and not just the way he sees us, but for who we really are. We're gifted. <laughs> we are gifted. You can say it this way, we're equipped. We've been empowered, right? I mean, we, we've been outfitted, 
right? We, we've been clothed, fully supplied. Mm, well, praise God. It's true. Jesus here uh, uh, in Luke chapter 4, we, of course, we, know, we have the account of when the, uh, Satan, after he was baptized, John the Baptist baptized him, and then uh, uh, he was led by the, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted uh, of the enemy. And, uh, of course, then in verse, uh, find where I want to be here. In verse 14, it says, after that was over, uh, verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went throughout all the surrounding region. Notice he was led by the Spirit into the, into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy, but then he also returned in the power of the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. You know, going forward, one of our, our, our key things to doing what God's called us to do is to return in the power of the Spirit. That, that, that is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift to us. That every person, if you're born again, you've received the Holy Spirit. Then if you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, then you get endued with power by the Holy Spirit, right? It is a gift to us. And so it's important that we not just have it, but we live in it. Let me just say this. I know there are things that all of us have, needs that we have. Things that are going on in our lives, things that, that, that we're believing God for, things that we're, 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 that, that, that we're, 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 we're trusting God. Maybe, it be, maybe in a family situation, maybe a financial thing, maybe it's a physical thing. And all of that stuff, you know, there will always be things that will uh, uh, try. You know, Jesus was led into the wilderness and he was hungry. Right? I mean, he was tempted. He was really, he had some needs. He had some natural needs. But, but he, he went into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit. He went into the wilderness aware of the power of the Spirit, and he returned in the power of the Spirit. We're always, there are always going to be needs. And to think that we'll get to the place where we don't have any needs anymore, personal needs, and suddenly now we'll be able to go after God's will. How many realize that's never going to happen? You realize that, and that, well, that's kind of a downer, Pastor Greg. Wah, wah, wah. No, that'll never happen. As long as we're here, there's going to be things that will present themselves. I mean, there, there are going to be things. Jesus, listen, if, do you think, I know Jesus we know wasn't broke, but then there were times where he had no place to lay his head. Now, people try to say that he was broke. No, he wasn't broke, he, but in the situation he was at, it wasn't perfect. I mean, he, he caught a lot of grief from religious people. How many know that that's not perfect? That's not the ideal situation, right? I mean, you know, you, you think, well, well, the Lord Jesus, surely he, everywhere he went, everything was perfect. No, he had things to deal with. People were trying to kill him all the time. I mean, what was even more aggravating than that? He had those 12 knuckleheads following him around <laughs> that didn't know what to do. He'd tell them one thing, and they'd come and ask the dumbest question in the world, and how long must I bear with you? I mean, he's wanting to just get rid of these fools, right? I mean, Pastor Ed this morning, them in the boat. I just want to go the other side, guys. Can't you let me sleep? I mean, he couldn't even get a good rest. The point is, not everything's going to be perfect. And so if we're waiting for our needs, everything to be, to be just rosy and perfect, well, then you'll be waiting until the day you die. You'll just be waiting until Jesus comes back or until you go another way. I mean, you know, it's never going to happen. We're always going to have needs. You know, and, and the, the good news is God wants our needs taken care of. In fact, he's already provided for our needs. 
they're a done deal. They're, they're, you're, you know, whatever it is that you're facing has already been accomplished and settled in Christ. In the, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it has been done. Yeah, but it doesn't look like it. Well, that's part of the whole point. It doesn't matter what it looked like. It's already been done. But one of the dangers is the enemy would like for us to be focused on those things and not accomplishing what he's called us to do. And really what happens is we elevate the answer to our problems above his will and doing what he's called us to do. And as, as long as we do that, we'll, you'll never experience a victory over those situations if you're elevating them to a place they ought not have. You just won't. Now, that's not to demean things that we go through. We, real stuff happens. Real stuff comes up. Real stuff happens. I know that. The good news is we've got a high priest who, who, who's aware of this stuff and he can relate to it. He, he's sympathetic towards us. He's compassionate towards us, right? We've got help in that area. But the point is, we, if we're focused on these things, we'll never get to, to about to doing what he's called us to do. Listen, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the things that you need, whatever they are, they'll be taken care of. I believe this, as we move forward, as, as, as say we, as individuals and as a church, as we move forward, we'll, we'll, we will, by necessity, have to spend less time praying about personal things and seeking after personal issues. Well, if I don't go after it, Pastor Gray, if I don't do that, who's going to do it? The Lord Jesus will take care of it. Oftentimes, the biggest delay in our answer is us. Can I, can I rephrase that? Always the biggest delay is us. Not oftentimes, it's always us. It's always us. I mean, he withholds no good gift, right? He hasn't withheld anything and he doesn't withhold anything. And so if something's not measuring up, if something's not, if we're, it, it, any area, it's not on God's end, we, it's on our end. We know that. But if our attention is on those things and our attention isn't where it needs to be, so he's not able to supply them. Amen. It's true. I challenge you, no matter what you're going through, believe God, pray about it, you know, confess the word, do those things, but don't let it consume you. Don't let it consume you. I don't care. Well, it's huge. It may be huge, but the call of God, the grace of God, the gifts of God are bigger than whatever it is. Keep your attention on those things as big as they are. We're not saying we ignore them. No, you deal with them. You speak to the mountain. You don't just keep running into the mountain. You speak to the mountain. Tell it to be moved, but then go on about what God's called you to do. Right? In that particular story, that, that particular account, Jesus, when he spoke to the fig tree, he spoke to it and went on about his business. What was his business? His business was his father's business. He didn't just keep waiting to see what happened to the fig tree. He spoke to it and went on about his business. Right? Speak to your mountain. Speak to your situation. Get a hold of what God's word says. Yes, get a hold of those things. Declare some stuff. Well, we don't have to beg for stuff. It's ours. Whatever we bind, we bound. Whatever we lose, we lose. Do we believe the word or don't we, right? So let's bind some stuff. Let's lose some stuff. And then if, if it says, if God said, if we bind it, it's bound. If we loose it, it's loose. Well, then let's just bind it and loose it and then get on about our business, Right? It's a two-sided event. We have our side. He has his side. Let's not try to do both sides. That's what we do, isn't it? We bind it, 
And we try to then bind it on God's side, by, by God's side by giving it extra attention or something. Oh, I, I, anybody else been there but me? Y'all are like, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Greg. Oh, we've all been there, right? The only reason we give it more attention than it deserves is because we really didn't think he did anything with it. Ooh, right? That's the truth. So let's just believe him and then let him do his part. Amen? Praise God. But Jesus returned. Where, where were we? Return, in the 14th verse, he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And then he drops down. So then verse 16, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as, as, it was, as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has equipped me. He has endowed and endued me with power. Uh, it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. God, the Lord Jesus was, was, was the, he realized he returned in the power of the Spirit and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's okay for us to declare that the spirit of the Lord is upon us. In fact, it's important that we do that. That we return in the, in the power, in the power of, of, of the spirit. Yes, that we not just get something from the Holy Ghost, but we return. We walk in these things, but to declare that, these things. You know, we'll look around tonight. The people in this church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon them. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you tonight. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of the Lord, of the Lord was upon Jesus. Now, we know that we are continuing his ministry. We're walking out his ministry. We're finishing what he started. Think about that. We're finishing what the Lord Jesus started. Now, we're going to finish it the same way that he started it. In the power of the Spirit. It's not going to happen any other way. So it's not going to happen any other way. But the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, you know, as a, as a, a pastor, as a minister, this is a scripture that I read and meditate for myself personally. I do that. Pastor, I know he does that. He, he's got a, uh, uh, some scriptures uh, for the ministry that he reads and, and, and meditates on and confesses over himself. And that's important. It's part of, what, part of he, what he's done. He taught me to do it. I do the same thing. But, you know, as believers, it's right for you to also to meditate on the fact that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. If you don't see that God's hand is upon you, then it'll always just be a message and not a mandate because you won't think you're qualified because you won't see yourself as equipped. You are equipped. You are equipped. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Yeah, but I got issues. Welcome to the club. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Yeah, but I have needs. That's okay. So do I. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Yeah, but I don't know everything. That's all right because nobody does but the Lord Jesus himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Right? The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. You know, I challenge you 
to take the, these, this verse, verse uh, 18, verse 19, and just begin to, to, to confess them over yourself, begin to, to meditate on these things and see yourself. This wasn't just Jesus' declaration. This is our declaration. I'm going to read it again, then we'll stop. But read it in light of you read this with me. This was Jesus speaking. So as you read it with me, read it in light of who you are in Christ. Right? We're talking about a restoration of these things. Pastor's talking, talking about authority. Uh, Mark chapter 16, laying hands on the sick, right? We're talking about moving, being used of God. So let's read it again. Let's just, before we go, let's read it again. But read it the way that Jesus read it. Read it from the angle and from the vantage point that Jesus read it from. Read it from the stance. It wasn't just words, but it was, he was making a statement when he read this. He was making a statement to himself and making a statement to everybody who heard him. Right? I tell you, there's got to be a certain amount of, of boldness to you. It's, it's a huge part of it. You've got to have some boldness to you. Yeah, but, but what, what, what? No, 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 no. Be bold about it. Jesus said this before he accomplished any known miracle. What had happened had been a personal thing between him and the devil in the wilderness. Nothing else had been, had been, nothing had been written yet. He hadn't raised Lazarus from the dead yet. Oh, the Spirit's of the Lord upon me. You may saw what I did? Saw, saw what happened yesterday? That hadn't happened yet. He hadn't yet turned water into wine. He hadn't yet silenced the wind. He hadn't really done anything that, that we see recorded. Now, what did he do before? I don't know. I know he grew, he grew strong in spirit. We know he did that. I know he's a good kid. He, he, we also know he made his parents nuts. When they left, staying in the temple. I mean, he, you know, he, 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 he did all kinds of stuff, but the things we have recorded in the Gospels, we, none of this stuff has happened yet. He still made this bold declaration. You can make a bold declaration about yourself, your life. It doesn't matter what you've seen to this point. We see it in the word. It's true about you, right? The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, God, has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to, cat, to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm going to read it again. Read it with me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I do. I want to read it again. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the the acceptable year of the Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. Amen. This isn't just a, a fanciful thing that we, it's not just good messages that have been spoken. This is our call. This is our assignment. This is our job and we're equipped to do it. Right. 
The only thing that's holding us back is us not taking God at his word and just jumping out of the boat, right? Getting out on the water. Because the fact is he's given us his command. Well, he's got to give me a command first. He's given you a command. He's given us a command as a church. You know, I want to challenge you. What pastor's going to be ministering on, you know, authority and and he read Mark chapter 16 this morning. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I love them scriptures right there. I love me some scriptures right there. I was all happy about it, right? The things that he's going to be talking about, I tell you, lay a hold of these things. Don't just listen to them as they, they apply to our church. No, they apply to you. You are the church. You are Impact Family Church. It's not who's up here. You're Impact Family Church. Yeah. God's hand is upon us. God's hand is upon us. God's hand is upon us. Whew, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Father, we love you. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we honor you. We magnify you. Oh, we thank you, Father. I thank you for revelation. I thank you, Lord, for opening the eyes of our understanding. Father, we continue to thank you for that. Father, we thank you for the boldness that you supply. Hallelujah. The boldness that comes from knowing you. Hallelujah. And we thank you for the gift of of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that we're full of it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for what you've called us to do, your, your hand upon our lives, the gifts, callings of God that it's here. Father, we thank you for the, the instruction that you've given us. Father, we thank you for the direction that we have received from you. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. As for myself, Lord, I'll do what you asked me to do. And I thank you that I am equipped to do it. And I believe that's true of every person here tonight. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your hand upon us. Hallelujah. Father, we'll be obedient. We'll be attentive hearers, Father. And we'll then be doers of what you tell us, what you tell us to do, Father. We thank you for it. In the mighty and wonderful and awesome name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you. Hallelujah. Father, we give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, God's good. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.